Welcome back to Thinky Caps, and this is going to be a good one because we've got a guest. I love when we have guests. This week, we have Jesse Redness, an old pal of mine who came from the television industry, was at Time Warner, worked in the social intelligence space, created an agency with Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, and now is the founder of Consent, a timely and relevant consent and privacy platform to help brands manage consumer data. You're going to love this. We dig in. We talk about a lot of different things. Let's just get to it. Well, guys, we're back and I'm excited to actually have a guest again. It's been a while since I've had a guest and today I've got Jesse Redness with us. He's the co-founder of uh, Consent as well as a million other things. Jesse and I go back uh, a long way in the television space, et cetera. But, but Jesse, thanks for uh, making time from your, uh, your conference or wherever you are. You're on the East Coast today? Yeah, East Coast. I'm down in Atlanta. And Tim, it's, uh, it's always great to see you and talk to you. Absolutely. Cool, man. Well, we've talked a little bit before. You know, We've talked about getting this together. I- I'm interested. I know you're, I know you're uh, up against a gun time-wise, so we'll keep this one kind of short today, but I got a couple things. But do me a favor. Give the 60 seconds here on your background because I think that's like total context. I love when I have guests and and people that have empathy for our audience, right? Which are marketers mainly people trying to struggle with privacy, cookies, advertising, email, just everything marketing wise. So, but you and I both go back. I mean, we both were, you know, in the television space and mass media and this and that, but give us the 60 second rundown the last, you know, 10 years or so, Jesse. So, so they know who's talking here. Sure, sure. So my, my background is, as you said, mostly in the media, entertainment, technology space. So I really started out in television, you know, building digital products and experiences for NBC Universal at USA Network. Um, really going deep in the early days of transmedia experiences and social TV, uh, and really kind of fancied myself as focused in on consumer experience development. How do you think about behavioral science and what motivates fans to drive and spend more time with the great brands that we had at NBC Universal? Um, I then, after you know, spending about nine years there, transitioned over and, and joined a company uh, called Mass Relevance, which was acquired by Spreadfast as their chief strategy officer, helping to uh, identify utilization of psychographic insights and social signals from all the different social platforms that were blowing up uh, at the time to drive better product experiences. And everything from ad product experience development towards how to use those analytics and insights to build better content experiences for consumers. Um, and, uh, and then launched my own brand, uh, partnered with, uh, with Gary Vaynerchuk uh, and uh, David Beck and launched Brave Ventures. And we, we spent uh, about two and a half years as a strategic product consultancy team and incubator. So we basically incubated new, uh, new productions, new ways of thinking about utilization of data around storytelling. Uh, and then we were actually picked up and acquired by what is now Warner Media. Uh, so then I went and spent about five years uh, as uh, the head of innovation. So I uh, was essentially the chief innovation officer at WarnerMedia, building out uh, their innovation lab and practice, uh, but then also was tasked with running their data strategy and data privacy operation. And that's really where I kind of dipped my toe into the privacy world, uh, utilized my background and experience and focus in on consumer uh, to kind of leverage that into uh, what is now consent today, the, the product and platform that we're building out. Yeah, look, great background, a lot of empathy for marketers, and it's always been around audience, right? Storytelling and audience. And and today, I think we'll, we'll pin this, this conversation around privacy and the need to 
to gain acceptance, uh, you know, opt-in, et cetera, just get permission, basically, permission marketing to help tell stories and tell, you know, continue that consumer uh, journey. Tell us a little bit about consent as a platform and why right now, I mean, it's incredibly timely and incredibly relevant. And, you know, why create this platform? Where did you see the gap in the market? Yeah, you know, when we were when we were at Warner Media um, building our GDPR and CCPA solution sets, um, we were working with many of the different providers in the space that are that have a lot of great services, you know, OneTrust and Big ID and Alation and others. Um, and we utilize them across the company and built, you know, our compliant preference centers so that consumers can come in and elect their preferences um, on those properties. Um, but as we, you know, dug a little bit deeper and started looking at cross-modality experiences, how do we think about, you know, capturing real consent when it matters in regards to contextual touch points in the moment of um, a value exchange really kind of revealing itself as part of a consumer journey. Um, and the last thing you know we wanted to do was to distract the consumer, right, from the content experience, from the, the opportunity they came to our properties for. And, and for us, um, you know, when I left Warner Media in you know last last year, you know, we really looked at an opportunity to build what we call dynamic consent um, and, and really driving and supporting that performance marketing capability by enhancing in what we call performance privacy. You know, taking that idea of asking the consumer at the moment of value exchange with clear, concise understanding of what it is they're providing to a brand or to a platform, what that platform is going to do with their information uh, and make it a beautiful user experience that is native to whatever touch point the consumer was engaging with at the time. And that, that really was the impetus behind us building this, this service out to really enhance how brands go to market, engage with consumers, but then enable consumers to actually transparently engage with those brands. Again, incredibly timely, right? And you and I have laughed, you know, off camera about how brands are kind of deer in headlight, how to deal with this right now. I mean, they all know they have to deal with it. They're not sure what to do. You know, at Cheetah Digital, obviously we, we share the same mentality, right? We've, we've had a zero party data collection platform for years. It was way in. Uh, when you were at Mass Relevance, I was at Weigh-In and we, you know, so we have that platform that's baked into our DNA. Um, but what you guys are really doing is making it easy on the consumer, you know, for that value exchange and get that opt-in. And I think it's incredibly timely because the EU just recently in the last few months or earlier this year, they said, hey, look, all these banner pop-ups, like, hey, we collect cookies and you're consenting to this and that. Like, it's, it's BS. It's like out the window. It doesn't work. It's not as clear as it should be. And that's where I really like when you showed me consent platform, people literally can see like, what's their data going to be used for? And what are they giving up? And what's the clear value exchange rather than some pop-up window that says, do you consent? And yada, yada, yada. That, that doesn't work. That's not going to fly, especially with impending federal or more state legislation here. So um, I, I love that. My question for you is, You've you've made it easy though to integrate consent as a platform into many a CDP or CRM or all these different data lakes. Like like you could implement you know and work with a cheetah. You could work with some of our competitors or really a lot of CDPs. You have a lot of uh, integrations already, right? 
We do. We have a lot of integrations already. Uh, and I think that was part of our whole go-to-market approach was we want to be ubiquitous, right? We want to be interoperable. Uh, we want to be collaborative because at the end of the day, this isn't a, you know, one system will take all. There's a huge, huge issue here that revolves around everything from MarTech stacks to ad tech stacks to, you know, legal teams, privacy teams to marketing and user experience teams. And right now we all have to collaborate to figure out what is the best way we can show case studies of what does work, what does resonate with consumers in regards to uh, a, you know, a, a great transparent experience that consumers are like, you know what, I love that. Like they told me the truth, they showed me exactly what was going to happen, and it integrated in pretty seamlessly to what I was already doing. And so for us, you know, we're, we're integrated with a, a CMP platform called Catch. Uh, we're integrated with a, a platform called Full Contact for ID resolution. We work with Trans uh, TransUnion really closely for real-time identity validation and verification. So a big component of what we offer as part of our seamless you know, service is being able to identify that this person you're engaging with isn't bot, they're not fraud. You can quickly do a real-time ID validation against them and with them uh, and then show them that smart contract and visually show them what's happening. All of that being packaged up as a user experience that's portable anywhere, you know, off of QR codes, fully integrated into tweets, whatever it may be. Um, you know, hopefully we can do something with Cheetah, right, and get fully integrated into a lot of your zero-party experiences so that you can transform zero-party, first-party capture, and consumer is really part of that journey. You know, I want to tap a little bit into your into your history of of engaging audiences and, and really persuading audiences, right? I mean, we both, you know, I was at H H Net and Access TV, Mark Cuban's network, you were at USA and NBC and everything else, driving tune in or just trying to drive engagement as a you know companion to the main screen. Um, how important do you think it is for the average marketer today to really think about zero party data? Not just the consent piece, right? That you're solving that problem, but you're also like we are collecting psychographic information that now allows you, if you're sophisticated enough and you've got the technology and the people, you can truly create one-on-one -on -one experiences, right? It's no more like male, female, email, you know, you can really get hyper. Uh, we try and push this all the time and say, if you're not collecting zero party data and thinking about the psychological information you can get from people, you're missing the mark. Behavioral data, cool. Everyone can get it. It's ubiquitous. You know, web traffic, you know, you can buy data left and right. What's your take and how do you explain the value of zero party psychographic data to, to people that you're talking about these days? Yeah, um, I, I think it's so important, right? And it, it did, you know, psychographic data really did start super early on. And we started leveraging it across ad tech and martech when, you know, Facebook really <laughs> started pushing it out as part of their, uh, their bread and butter of what they, they provided. However, it really speaks towards the concept, again, of behavioral science and insight on what drives loyalty, reward, fandom, uh, a lot of the components of gamification, um, and the motivational factors of intrinsic and extrinsic value drivers of what consumers care about, right? Every brand relationship that a consumer has, has a certain value and attachment, both emotional as well as unphysical, if it's a physical object, whatever it may be, that consumers care about. And it's important to learn and understand what it is that drives somebody to have loyalty to a brand, you know, whether it's exclusive access to talent or content, uh, or you want to be the first to know that a new sneaker is dropping from sneaker from Nike. Right? Those are really important components of understanding why you're a loyal fan, what's going to drive you to transact, whatever that transaction is. And that really comes in with psychographic insight, right? Demographic insights, fine, whatever, path, user pathing data, 
you're not going to truly understand that by targeting somebody on a device ID or IP, right? You have to really understand the psyche behind why they love your brand. And I think that's why it's so important to really harness the power of zero party plus this consented in component uh, to unleash, right? That personalization to really unleash how you cater one-to-one with your consumer um, because those are the ones that are going to be with be with you for a lifetime that you really you know care about. It's way easier to keep somebody engaged and it doesn't cost as much than it is when they churn out and you want to win them back. You know, that, that's a good point there. And uh, zero party data, sometimes when we start talking to brands who are just dipping their toe and trying to understand what it is, explain more, um, they think about it in this acquisition stage, right? They're like, okay, as soon as Tim gets on my mailing list or gets into the system, whatever that might be, that's when I got to get the data, which is great, right? If you can get somebody into your marketing you know, list, um, and get a little bit of psychographic information. Awesome. But what I love about what you're doing and what we do here at Cheetah day in, day out is we are acquiring both consent and more zero party information on an individual across the entire relationship marketing, you know, cycle. And we see that as four stages, right? Very, very simple to understand. You've got to acquire a customer, you know, you don't know them. They may know you, but you don't know them. As soon as they transact or, or sign up for a mailing list or engage with you, great acquisition. Then you got to start to understand them, which is where you can collect more information. The more they, they come to your site, the more they come to your website, even in store for us, Vans and North Face in store, we're collecting data and then you need to engage them, right? It's like a conversation. Hey, do you love spaghetti? Cool. Come on over for spaghetti dinner and you build a relationship. And then what you just talked about, loyalty. Um, how important is it for marketers to remember they've got to keep like getting more consent, more permission and more information across all those stages. And then secondly, do you find that people are willing to give up more information as the relationship with the brand, you know, strengthens and, and develops over time? Yeah. So I think, I think it's really important for, for marketers and brands to understand that you do want to be collecting more information, permissioned information from the consumer, uh, through your relationship and your engagement with them. You know, at the end of the day, you, you can't just combine pieces of PII. Uh, and leverage it in the open marketplace because of all the changing privacy laws and legislation. Um, so if you've got, you know, mobile device on somebody and then you're doing a match with a match provider and they've got, you know, emails and home addresses and cell phone numbers, and you're like, great, thank you very much. You know, hydrate that onto your device ID and then you start pinging the consumer all the time. You've got to keep in mind that the consumer didn't say, hey, it's okay to send me a mailer or to email me. Uh, I engage you with you for one component. So how do you earn your way into establishing that relationship, uh, showcasing how there is value in that multi-platform, multi-touchpoint experience of being able to communicate with them? Um, you know, great example is, you know, why does a brand need my birthday? Right? I'm going to ask for your birthday. Are, like, are you going to deliver me a present on my birthday? If not... Right, then why would I ever give you my birthday? Right. And there's there's certain components of trust that have to be established between consumers and brands to earn your way into the like, oh, I totally understand it because yes, you did. You actually sent me a 50% off coupon on my birthday and a note saying, Hey, it's your birthday. Thanks for sharing that information with me or us. Right. And you know, because it's your birthday, great, here's a present on us. And that, you know, if you are a consumer, you're like, 
oh, that's amazing. Like my own mother forgot my birthday. And all of a sudden I've got, you know, I got a 50% off the next sneaker drop from Nike. Like that's amazing, right? That is true personalization and recognizing value exchange in the right moments. It's interesting you bring up the birthday. I have this this struggle inside with some of the people here at Cheated Digital where they, they try and, you know, they use that as one of the examples. Like, oh, get somebody's birthday. I tend to stay away from that only because like now you're responsible, right? You get their birthday, their email, their home address, you know, identity theft. Um, but yeah. but what's really interesting is, you know, someone like you, when you start to understand, you know, all right, you've got a bunch of boys and you guys love to ski and you'll go cross country to ski. And, you know, you love your off-road vehicles like me. I'm jealous of your new Bronco, by the way. I just saw that on Instagram. Uh, can't wait to see that thing. Um, but I live in the mountains where like I'm constantly wrecking trucks and things. So when you start to understand those types of things, right? Like, oh, okay. He has, he has sons or he has kids or 2.5 children. And he, and he does this as an activity, you know, beyond, Oh, he loves blue. Like, all right, cool. Send him a, a an image of the sneaker in blue. But when you start to some, understand somebody's passion, then you can you can start building relationships and give them opportunities and offers year round that are completely matched to to passion. Um, and I love that. Yeah, and that ties and that that relates right to empathy. Right, you're, you're getting right to the heart of what drives you as a person and a consumer. And if a brand understands that and shows you that they understand that, like you're going to have a lifetime fan, period. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. And we have a, it's a small client, but Arch, uh, Botech Archery, who I used to work for and did strategy. So I guess it's, I'm patting myself a little bit on the back. They are the little engine that could, they know so much about their audience and they, they literally can deliver down to like what you care about in the archery products and all their emails are custom tailored. They go through the pain of writing five to six different, you know, pieces of copy for any triggered automated emails um, because they really, they understand you as a person and it goes a long way. And they, they got 50% market share in the last year over their competitors for it. In fact, their competitor CEOs were flying to their, their top dealers going, how is this archery company getting more wall space? And and every dealer was saying, these guys understand the audience and they can drive them in by saying, hey, Tim, you want, you know, a fast bow. Hey, Mark wants one that's lightweight. You know, Skip wants ones that just looks cool. So understanding your audience at an individual level gives you immense power to persuade. And it's not even persuasion. It's like giving them what they want. It's just giving them what they want. That's absolutely right. Well, look, let's, let's close out here. Um, let's a couple of rapid fire thoughts. Um, you and I, I I've been, uh, I've been accused of being a, a fear monger around more legislation here in America. What do you think is the next, what do you think is going to happen? Is there going to be a federal privacy law at some point soon? Or do you think it's just going to continue to be this stacked up mess of, of state legislation that brands are going to have to jump through? So I think we're going to we're going to continue to experience the messed up state by state legislation until we really get to I think July of next summer, right? When we've got California going into real enforcement in January of, of coming up, you know, this year, 2023, then we got four or five other states getting lit up from Utah to Colorado to, you know, Connecticut, you know, now newly on the list, but you also now have the FTC you know, coming in and really drilling into utilization of dark patterns for like subscription businesses. And I don't think a lot of businesses are paying attention to the nuance of what qualifies as when you need notice, disclosure, and explicit consent. There's all different types of nuance in there. And so rather than trying to tackle this on a state-by-state -state basis, 
are you really going to treat somebody that lives in Connecticut differently than somebody that lives in Colorado differently than somebody that's in California? Like, are they truly different consumers based on where they live? Right? Do you need to not be as transparent with certain people because, quote unquote, the privacy law doesn't, you know, doesn't force you to? No, you just want to be transparent with them, build real trust and treat everyone equally. Um, and that's where I think we have to really drill in and understand that by the end of 2023, I think there's going to be some major, major FTC violations handed out, right? We're already starting to see the FTC coming after the big players, Google, Amazon, Facebook, and others. And it's going to start trickling out to other brands. Um, and rather than finding loopholes, how can you actually just, again, you know, give consumers a great, transparent, trustworthy opportunity build a real relationship with them and don't worry about, oh my gosh, I found a loophole on the law. Let's go exploit that. Right. And because eventually it's going to catch up to you. Right. And, you know, we're seeing it in the market, right. The actual NASDAQ is fluctuating up and down based on ATT framework from Apple and their privacy changes. Like literally Facebook taking nosedives, snap the other day, or literally just yesterday dropping another 30% because they haven't figured out how to solve these problems. Yeah, totally agree. It's funny, you know, at these conferences and when I just get to meet other marketers at brands who are, you know, grappling with this, like, where do we start? What do we do? Um, I feel that many of them are looking for loopholes. They're like, oh, my agency or my tech provider will just figure out how to deal with Connecticut or Colorado and this and that. And that, man, that is the kiss of death. Like, not only will your brand take a massive hit, like you personally as a marketer, like you're going to be out of a job, man, or you're going to be, right. you're going to be down the lane. So. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, like there's, everyone's like, oh, don't worry. We're using clean rooms. It's like, guess what a clean room isn't if you're actually pumping in dirty data into it. It's not a clean room anymore. Bingo. Right? Bingo. Yeah, I totally <laughs> so agree. You, you, <laughs> That's why I love it when I see platforms like yours come out because, you know, at Cheetah, like our clients, you know, American Airlines, you know, Starbucks. I mean, these are giant global brands are ahead of this stuff. That's, you know, they're lucky to have the resources to, to get ahead of these things. But their strategies work for Tom's Pizza Place too. If you always go and get consent, if you're always transparent, if you have that value exchange, you know, hey, what do you do? You know, what's your passion? Tell us, we'll give you better personalized experiences. You're most likely always going to be above the law because the law is there to protect nefarious things. It's not there to, to restrict. Now, some people, Scott McNeely would argue with me all day long, ah, the government's there to, to make your life hell. All right, Scott, maybe, but... If you act the way that you would want your grandmother's data, your mother's data, your kid's data treated, if you act that way, you're going to act above the laws that are going to come down. So um, I agree with you. Do it right from the get-go. All right, last question for you. If, if there's a brand marketer right now who's going, yeah, 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 this is like the 15th piece of content I've seen on this. I got to get ahead of it. Time's running out. Where do they start? Like, what's, what's the one, two, or three things that they have to assess you know, and, and get an order before they call a cheetah or a consent to, to say, all right, help us. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the one thing to really truly understand is that um, as, as you engage with the consumer, literally the, at the consumer touch point, if you're not being transparent with how you're going to utilize somebody's data when asking for it, then you know you've got yourself a problem. Right. So immediately it's not the like, oh, well, we put a link to the privacy policy right on our ask. So therefore, we're totally fine. That is basically skirting the issue. That's not being transparent and upfront and really driving a real relationship. So if you're a marketer that is finding that you're defaulting to that type of an approach, it's it's time to rethink, right? How you can build better trust experiences with your consumers. And 
um, you can just go look at your marketing activation right now uh, and, and figure it out. Yeah. All right. Well, cool, man. This has been fun. Any, any closing thoughts, anything you want to wrap up with? No, I mean, uh, you know, I, I love these types of conversations. I, I do it all day long. Um, and I think, you know, with this market, it's not the sky is falling. I think it's the, you know, the sky is the limit, quite frankly. Uh, and at the end of the day here, everyone is trying to solve for a better consumer experience, right? And uh, we and Cheetah and others are out there trying to make it more engaging, uh, enhance the consumer journey. And so the more tools you can experiment with uh, and innovate with, you know, try, uh, do it, do it as fast as you can, because uh, you'll never know, right? Until you get out there and start experimenting with these things. Fair, fair. All right, well, look, I appreciate you taking the time. Everybody should go check out Consent. I've got the URL down here right now. It starts with a Q. Go check it out. The platform's very cool. It can integrate into your own you know, system. It's, it's going to bolster and protect you. Um, and then also go check out our Consumer Trends Index, because as you just mentioned, you know, people want to be treated like an individual. They want transparency. In fact, we have charts showing what kind of psychographic zero-party data they're willing to give brands um, if there's a clear, transparent value exchange. So go check that out. And Jesse, next time, I'd love to get time with you and talk about this subscription model headaches that I think are coming down the pipe. We're talking to a lot of companies who are looking at subscription model for their loyalty programs, but there are a lot of considerations to be had here around consent and privacy. And uh, maybe, that's 100%. A, maybe that's the next one we dig into uh, next month. That's a good one. Yeah, Love to do that, man. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. We'll talk soon, everybody. Uh, see you on the next episode. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, wherever you watch podcasts. We'll uh, see you next time.